This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is a premier male grooming company with the star Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, and we want to be able to share the savings with you, our awesome listeners. So you can use the promo code BLUECHIP, all one word, to get 20% off your next order. Don't let your balls down. Get the Lawnmower 3.0. Your balls will thank you. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Hernition. I'm joined, as always, by my colleague over at Blue Chip Scouting, Devin Jackson. Devin, how are you today, man? Pretty good, man. I uh, can't really complain. Um, it is a uh, not-too-bad Thursday uh, morning so far. Uh, you'll be listening to this on Friday. Just uh, getting in the process of uh, doing some final reports, so uh, trying to get that going and just get ready for a busy next few months. You want to talk about busy next few months? I'm having the busiest week I've had in years right now, Devin. I feel like I'm feel like I'm back in my undergrad right now. Um, I would say to Devin off air, I've had a presentation every single day this week, uh, aside from my day off, which is uh, Monday every week. But I still had to record the podcast and work on three different assignments then and get some tape, uh, you know, uh, study going. But I'm almost there. Uh, my last assignment is uh, going to be wrapping up probably as you're listening to this. And then uh, I get a nice three and a half weeks off, which will be really good to, to refresh, recharge those batteries. And, of course, dive into a metric shit ton of tape. Um, little rundown for what's going to happen today. Um, obviously, one game to preview, Army-Navy, Commander-in-Chief, uh, it's Commander in Chief Bowl, or is it just Commander in Chief game? Uh, I, I was just gonna say it's just Army Navy game. Army it's Navy a, for, for the, the sake for of the trophy. For, yeah, the fuck it. Commander yeah. in Chief trophy. Yeah, Commander in Chief trophy. Army Navy. So we're gonna we're gonna preview that one because it's the only game that's on this week. Um, and we're gonna talk about some prospects that either we've started you know getting to or we're excited to get to. Obviously, for, for refresher, Devin is responsible for the MAC and the Mountain West. I am doing the Sun Belt and the Big Twelve. So you know, I we probably have the conferences with the four least amount of prospects in them um, because the Big Twelve has already seen a bunch of guys either transfer or uh, decide to go back to school. So we're seeing dwindling numbers on my end, and Devin, unfortunately, the Mountain West and, and Mac generally don't have a whole bunch that come out. Neither does the Sun Belt. Before we get into any of that, though, because I haven't had a chance to uh, record the one ad read reminder, this is brought to you by our friends over at Jersey House. Amazing jerseys sent to you at a fraction of the cost of retail. Um, taking about three weeks for shipping. So unfortunately, if you're trying to get it for Christmas, not going to come in. It'll start your new year off fresh. You can save 15% using the promo code BIGSHOTS at jerseyhouse.ca. They ship to anywhere in the world. I cannot stress enough how great these are. Devin and I have both bought from them. It, it, I can't recommend them. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shouting them out constantly if I didn't believe in them. Yeah, it looks like a really good product. Excited to get my uh, jersey here in, in the bid and, uh, yeah, support it. Make sure to you get your jersey. It's definitely that time of year. 
Uh, and for, for the NFL draft guys that might be listening. Uh, and if you're an NBA fan, NHL fan, MLB fan, college football fan, they've got all of that. Or if you want to be, if you want to be like that one friend in your, in your friend group that's extra and has a Shaq high school jersey. I mean, this is the right place for you. You can get Shaq's high school jersey. Like you said, everything you need. Check it out, Jersey House. JerseyHouse.ca, promo code Big Shots. All right, Devin, do you want to just talk about Army-Navy? I guess so. (laughs) All right. Now, this is a game that that for one reason or another has lost a little bit of its luster over the past couple of years. Devin knows exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, You know. It is the one college football game every year where the president is guaranteed to be there. And uh, that's all I'll say. <laughs> However, I think this one is actually going to be a pretty fun game. Listen, they are in very opposite ends of the spectrum. Army and Navy never seem to be good at the same time. For years, Navy was, was, was hovering around you know the top 25, and Army was terrible. Now Army's coming into this one 8-3, and three, and Navy's 3-8. and eight. I wish we could get, like, both of these teams coming into this game at like I don't know seven and four. That would be cool. Yeah, it, it would be nice. Uh, but I mean, Army's the one obviously this year having a phenomenal year. Um, and when it comes to this game, truly does not matter what record you have uh-uh. because it just kind of goes out of the window. You know, it's it's a big time game for for both programs. Uh, you know, they play each other every year. This is the one game that's a standalone game. So everyone is, is at least tuning in or, or checking it out, uh, you know, uh, on that particular Saturday. So I, I definitely expect it to be, uh, one of those games where Navy, uh, could pull the upset. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to pick them to pull upset, but I do think it's going to be a, a closer game than their, their record suggests for sure. Also, if you like really awesome uniforms, then the Army-Navy uniforms every year for this game are fantastic. Uh, I haven't actually had a chance to look at this year's, um, you know, jerseys, but I imagine they're just out of this world. There's always great detail put into, into some aspect of the, of the jersey. Oh, I just, I just love it, Devin. I just love this game. Um, now that being said, Army is favored by seven and a half. And Devin, I think we have a new record for the lowest over under we've ever seen on this show. It's 34 and a half. I'm taking over. I'm going to take the over, but Devin, I want to ask you the more important over under. Over under eight total passes thrown. Under. <laughs> Without a doubt. Um... Uh, I mean, the leading passer for this game is Army's quarterback, and for the season, he has thrown the ball 44 times. That should tell you everything you need to know. Um, By the way, he's completed 21 passes out of 44. There you have it. There you have it. I know they're not playing in this game, but Air Force literally didn't have a single pass attempt in their last game. They want the Mac Jones route. Or Mac Jones went their route. Let's put some respect on Air Force. Yeah, I, was, I thought you were going to say, are you telling me to put some respect on Mac Jones? Have you met me? No respect ever. Um, Zero. But, but yeah, yeah, I, I think it should be it should be an interesting one for sure. The, the game, I think, 
I think it's going to be uh, a little bit more high scoring than than people expect. Um, Army Army can hit the home run uh, literally with with their, any of their running backs. So I would not be surprised if Army. Uh, I'm I'm gonna pick Army to win. I think they're going to win the game. Um, I think Navy's going to make it interesting though. But but I think I think Army finds a way to pull it off and and wins by by at least a touchdown or more. I'm going to go uh, Army in this one as well. Um, I think that – you know what? I think that they not only break the over, I think both teams are, are, are going to crack three scores. I'm going to say 21 to 17. I'm going to go – I'm going to go – let me think. 27 to 20. Oh, wow. You're going really high scoring for this game. Yeah. I think I think they'll be able to put up points. All right. Now, Devin, correct me if I'm wrong. There's still some college football news out there. There's still some head coaching. Duke hasn't hasn't reached an agreement on their head coach, but Virginia has. Jared Feinberg can finally stop complaining in our group chat. Tony Elliott has left Clemson to be the head coach of Virginia. What's your take on this one? I do not like the hire. I don't. Um, I really don't. This was not the year for him to, to take a job. Yeah, I, 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 and I don't know what what Virginia saw in him. I mean, Clemson's offense was very abysmal this year. Uh, they took a, a humongous step back from their heyday, and the development of DJ U, Ui Angalele, uh was. Hey, you got it. See, I'm I'm doing better. Uh, but but the the step back he took in his development, I I don't love that, especially if Brandon Armstrong comes back. Um, that's not going to be something I'm looking forward to Virginia's offense. Cause he's definitely going to bring his system and the way he does things. Even though Virginia's offense was phenomenal, uh, before they made the changes this year, but I don't know, man, this felt like a, a scramble hire. You needed to hire someone quickly, someone that was already recruiting ACC players. Um, and, and, you know, maybe he's a good recruiter. I don't know. I, I really don't know too much background about Tony Elliott to speak on that. But just the fact that they went with that hire with other names out of, out there that they could have maybe been poached. I'm not saying, you know, there's probably not going to be any West Coast guys that, that go to Virginia. But, no. I mean, they got Brock Mendehall there. So he was from, from BYU. From BYU, Minnesota. yeah. So, I mean – could have taken a look at Satake, but we'll see. I don't think Satake would have taken the Virginia job, to be honest with you. Um, now, Oregon, I really have not seen anything yet in terms of who they're looking at. Um, I don't know if you have, but I've, I, they've been radio silent from what I've been able to find. Kalani Satake is probably the only name I've been able to see. Yeah, I, I saw some rumor about Lane Kiffin being interested, but it wasn't confirmed at all. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it just doesn't add up. I saw a report, but I I knew it was it's not going to be anything significant. He's not going to leave Ole Miss and go to Oregon. I mean, it's, it's kind of a lateral move for him at this point. So, uh, Jeff Tedford, the former Fresno State turned Cal turned Fresno State turned something else. Uh, head coach is now taking the job at, you guessed it, Fresno State. The third time he's been the head coach there. 
Yep, and connected to that, Jay Kaner did uh, took himself out of the transfer portal, but that was because he didn't have enough credits to to transfer in the first place. So I don't know if that means he's coming back to school. I don't know if that means he's going to declare. Uh, so we'll see. And then Jalen Cropper is still another name as well, tied with Fresno. We don't know what's going to happen with him either. Uh, so those two names are going to be interesting to watch over the next week or two and see what where their future lies. Uh, but they get both back. I mean, Fresno can make another run at it uh, and at the Mountain West uh, Championship. So we'll see what happens. Uh, it looks like Billy Napier's successor was already in the building. Um, it is Michael DeZormo. I probably said that wrong. Um, I believe he was one of the coordinators. I can't remember which coordinator, unfortunately, for Louisiana Lafayette. But did you see his press conference? I did not, know. Okay. It was at this, like, this uh, restaurant, I think, in in uh, Lafayette. And he goes, like, all right, I'm going to keep this really short because there's beer and crawfish here. <laughs> Which He's just, a local guy. so Yeah. Oh, oh, I thought that was hilarious. I loved it. Uh, so, you know what? I think it, I think that's a good idea for, for Louisiana Lafayette to keep someone in the building. We've seen that pay off with schools like App State where, you know, guys in the building don't have to really change all that much. Keep the, the same culture going. I like the move. Um, trying to see what other coaching hires there were. Uh, Florida International has hired former Colorado head coach Mike McIntyre, who was the defensive coordinator at – oh, God, where was he? I just had this a second ago. Jeez. Uh, and, of course, do you know how many people are named Mike McIntyre that means something? Jeez, man. There are so many. If you Google Mike McIntyre, he's like the seventh guy that pops up. He was the head coach of Colorado from um, 2013 to 2018 with San Jose State's head coach before that. He was Memphis's defensive coordinator uh, this past year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did not know that. I mean, it's FIU. He is the fifth coach in FIU history. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is the guy that got Colorado to that random Pac-12 championship appearance that Devin did not know about. I didn't know Colorado didn't make it to the Pac-12 championship. I will say that. I, yeah, uh, I, when I mentioned that on the podcast a couple weeks ago, you did not. That was unfamiliar territory back then. I'm caught up on my history. And then um, the only other one I can think of is the rumors surrounding the Duke head coaching vacancy. You would think, since they're in North Carolina, I know I, 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 I shat on it a couple weeks ago when it, when it first opened up, that – Oh, man, Jamie Chadwell, not a chance he'd take that job. Not a chance he would take that job. But they didn't even bother going to him, Devin. Instead, one of the lead candidates for the Duke job, former Dallas Cowboys head coach, the clapping bandit himself, Jason Garrett. Why does he keep getting jobs? I don't know. Dude is running NFL offenses in the early 2000s. It's time. It's time for him to stop getting jobs, man. 
what first of all, what what is the ACC doing? What is Duke and Virginia doing? Why are they picking offensive coordinators that are archaic, have no creativity, set their quarterback up for nothing? Like, man, I I just I don't know, man. And actually, uh, Cowboys senior assistant. Uh, defense and defensive coordinator George Edwards, another Duke head coaching candidate. I don't dislike that. I mean, Dallas' defense has been pretty solid this year. Basically, but... the top three candidates are Mike Elko, the defensive coordinator from Texas A&M. That's a good one. George Edwards and Jason Garrett. Take off Jason Garrett. There's no point in hiring him, really. He's never coached in college. Never recruited what are we doing? either. He's just going to stand there all game and just. Way to go, Mateo Durant. Just gonna he declared, though. 60 minutes. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> that was the only player from Duke I know. Well, there you have it. But no, seriously. This is why like, ACC, does, does, this is why ACC stays bad. Like, why are you does, hiring does him? Jason Garrett take Duke from a three win team to a three win team? I don't even think he gets three wins. <laughs> you know what? Um, man, I want, I want Tyler Browning's input on this one. Like, I want to know what our boss Tyler Browning thinks about. Jason Garrett to Duke. I mean, he suffered through 10 years of Jason Garrett. I can't believe he was there that long. I know, right? It's like a, it's like a, a core of my life. He just <laughs> wouldn't go away. That's Jerry Jones for you, though. Devin, Devin. He was there for like eight, eight. I think he was fired when we were 23. He was there for a third of our lifetime. See why Cowboys fans are always angry. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he is their rich co-type. Speaking of Tyler Browning, I I have been told that I ruffled more than a few of his jimmies the other day when I apparently viciously attacked and assassinated the character of James Cook for being relatively ineffective against Alabama and I would just like to say that from the bottom of my heart I sincerely apologize for absolutely nothing good luck writing for Blue Chip after this episode (laughs) drops (laughs) no in in all seriousness it wasn't actually James Cook's fault Um, it was bad play calling bad game planning and just you know, square peg, round hole, over and over and over again. It's Georgia. It, it, I mean, they were going to be in their head. It, it had the more wall. to do with Georgia than it had to do with James Cook. I was just mad at Georgia. No, you were mad at Kirby Smart. I was mad at Kirby Bennett. Smart and Stetson Bennett. And well, Stetson Bennett. I mean, you could you could start at quarterback over Stetson Bennett. I would rather not against Alabama. That's just me personally. <laughs> Because I, I cannot imagine what his DMs were filled with after the game. So uh, no, not 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 the yeah. All right, so Devin and I are going to take a, a quick break after this word from our sponsors. Then we're going to come back. We're going to talk about some prospects. 
It's that time of year, everyone. We'll be right back. Thank our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the planet for whatever your needs are. With nine amazing flavors to choose from, all of which covered in 100% chocolate. Oh, by the way, guys, they have several monthly special offer bars as well, all of which have up to 19 grams of protein with only 4 grams of added sugar and 4 grams of net carbs. Built Bar has whatever you're looking for, whether you're looking for a delicious snack, a pre- or post-workout bar, or need to keep up with your macros, Built Bar is a top-of-the-first-round protein bar. See what I did there? Draft puns. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code BIGSHOTS for 10% off your next order. That's BIGSHOTS, all one word, 10% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. All right, we are back, and uh, you know what? It is final report season. There are, like we said, there aren't a, a whole lot of college games for us to talk about anymore and, until we get into the bowl games in like two, actually, God, in about a week. Jeez. <clears throat> yep. Well, uh, next Saturday, first bowl games. Good grief, Devin. Um, remember when, I swear bowl season always creeps up on us. Well, yeah, well, actually, it's next Friday. All right, our, so our I, guess we're, I guess we're recording next Thursday morning, eh? Yep. Yep. Previewing our first slate of games because I know two Mountain West games are going to be uh, on that weekend. So. By the way, Devin and I are going to be previewing every single bowl game. All right. All sixty-eight of them. That is news to me. <laughs> you want to know why? Because I just said that now, and it just came to me. You're welcome. Uh, but no, let's talk about some prospects. Obviously, final report seasons are coming in. Uh, so you know, worse. They're not going to be released just yet. They're going to be coming out over the Christmas holidays, though. Devin, I want you to take the floor, whether you want to go Mac or Mountain West first, and we'll kind of ping back and forth. So who are some guys in the next week or so that you're looking forward to getting to in your conference? Uh, I'll start with Mountain West because um, I think they probably have the uh, the higher ceiling prospects. I would say so. Um, but, but definitely, uh, excited to look back at Carson Strong, um, and, and see how he's, how he's, uh, kind of progressed, um, and, and see how, you know, I, I think the, the thing that is, is kind of frustrating around him is that we know he's not mobile. He's not going to be, uh, you know, like Baker Mayfield type of mobile or, um, you know, just be that person that's going to, run the football willingly. It's just not his game. But, but I keep seeing this kind of uh, this narrative that he's just a statue in the par- pocket, that he doesn't move well in the pocket. And I can disagree more. I think that he moves just enough. I mean, you're not going to find uh, him rolling and creating out of structure a ton. And I mean, it's going to be concerned about his knee as well. Uh, you know, he's, he's had a kind of that, uh, lingering knee issue, uh, back from his high school days. And, you know, that's going to be something that probably drops in the draft process. Yeah, I've, I've already seen kind of some of the, uh, you know, some of the big, bigger time media kind of be, have him lower than you would expect because of how, uh, you know, concerning that, that knee is, but, I, I'm excited to see kind of how he's made uh, kind of the progression because I did watch him last year and, and have him as a top five quarterback last year in last year's class uh, over Mac Jones. So uh, I'm excited to see how he's kind of. I love of, how you uh, had to slide in who he was over. 
that that's that's who it was. Uh, but I, I'm interested to see uh, kind of how things uh, look this year. Uh, definitely going to take a look back at that Kansas State game. I think that's, that's going to be an important one to, to look back at. And some of these other Mountain West games he's playing, like against San Diego State and uh, Fresno State, and some of the better defenses he's played all season. Um, you know, I, I've already watched the Idaho State film, but I can't really, really gather much from that game. I mean, it's, it's Idaho State, but but I'm excited to watch him uh, and, and try to get him. Idaho State on the podcast. Everyone catches trays. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch him uh, get that final grade done and, and see where he stacks up. Uh, who else from Mountain West are you trying to get done in the next week, or is it just Carson Strong? Carson Strong, um, I'm still waiting on a few people to decide uh, if they're going to go back to school or declare. Uh, JL Skinner is a name, uh, that I'm waiting to see if he declares he's a true junior. Um, in Boise? Yep, from Boise. Uh, safety. Uh, I, I'm, I'm very excited because I'm going to be uh, a lot higher on him than most people. Most people are probably not even going to get to him, but, uh, I'm I, excited. I, I'm, I'm probably going to be one of those people that doesn't get to him. Uh, I'm excited to see because he, he has the, the Cam Chancellor type build. He's like 6'4, 218. Uh, dude is, comes downhill with bad intentions. He's, he's been thrown out a game twice this year for targeting. <laughs> so, uh, he, he's definitely one of those type of dudes, but, but he's, uh, someone that's intrigued me from the very first game of the season. Uh, I want to see if he declares also Jalen Cropper, Jake Hayner, see what they do. Uh, cause those are, are two guys that I have had a ton of fun watching. But if none of them decide to declare, uh, Chad Muma from Wyoming, uh, the linebacker is definitely going to be at the top of my watch list as well. Um, he's already accepted a senior bowl invite. Um, and, and I think he can be. Dane uh, Brugler's huge on Chad Muma. Yeah. To the yeah. point where I had to add him to my watch list, man. Yeah. He's already priced him into as a top 10 backer. Uh, I, I say way back. You mean at the position, right? At the position. Right. Yeah, okay. yeah. You scared the shit out of me. There. No, top 10 backer. Like linebacker, he's a top. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You scared the shit out of me with that. No, 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 not not top ten player overall. Nah. Okay. Those okay. I can breathe. I can, I can breathe. But I did say a couple months. I thought he was better than Logan Wilson coming out. So uh, I think the grades will reflect that, and I'm, I'm excited to dive into all of his games because I there were a few Wyoming games I could not find at all, and and I don't know why genuinely. But but I'm I'm excited to take a look at at, at the tape in full and and see kind of how uh, how he performed and then finally uh, Khalil Shakir I'm gonna take a look at him as big well fan and Khalil Shakir big fan and uh, do my final report on him because that's gonna be an easy one um, without a doubt I mean and I already know what he does well what he doesn't do well so that that's probably gonna be an easy one for me. Uh, I'll start with the Sun Belt. Uh, listen, I'm looking at my at my report list, and uh, there's 15 names on it. Only 15. And the reason I say that is, you know, there's no guarantee for some of the guys that I have on here because I have uh, Grayson McCall. I really tried to limit it to guys that were guaranteed to be coming out because, I mean, Grayson McCall, I don't think it's going to be all that likely that he declares. I think he's going to take another year. There's also uh, Javon Solomon, the edge out of Troy. He's a redshirt sophomore. Yes, I know, redshirt sophomore out of Troy. Very small chance. But he had 12 sacks this year. 
So someone to keep an eye on just in case. Other than that, Devin, uh, everyone else on my list is either uh, a senior or like fifth, sixth, seventh year guys. Um, really tried to keep it to guys that are like senior bowl shrine game. And that's a very small list. Cause I'll, I'm going to be honest with you. Like if a guy from Alabama gets invited to the NFL PA bowl, he'll probably still get drafted. If a Sunbelt guy is, dra- is, is uh, brought into one of those games, he's probably not. It's the sad truth, but it is the truth. Um, but in terms of Sunbelt guys, uh, you know, Isaiah, it begins and ends with Isaiah Likely. Uh, the guy is possibly the best tight end in the class. I've, this tight end class is so wide open. I've seen him everywhere, anywhere from tight end one down to tight end eight. Um, I think he's going to be somewhere in that happy middle, that like two, uh, two to five range. He's, he played so well this year. Um, again, comped him to Evan Ingram at the beginning of the year. I think he's actually better than Evan Ingram was as, as a prospect, uh, looking back at it now. I mean, Ingram's very limited. I think likely he's going to fill that same role, but I think he's going to do it better. Um, you know, Max Mitchell, senior bowl uh, invite, offensive tackle from Louisiana Lafayette. He's going to be fun to watch. Um, and then Jalen Tolbert, the South Alabama wide receiver, I think – I think he's a little bit overhyped. I'm going to be honest. I think he's a little bit – the hype's gotten away from him a bit. You know, we, we need to stop putting him in that, like, 50 to 75 range. I think he's a, a great uh, value in day three. Fourth round-ish, maybe fifth round. I think that's genuinely where he's going to go because he's not a very dynamic player. He's not overly big. He's not overly fast. He's not a great route runner. He doesn't know very many routes to run. And honestly, he plays at a small school that was limited by a very bad quarterback named Jake Bentley. And <laughs> you know what? The NFL, the NFL keeps tabs on this type of stuff, man. Like, I genuinely don't think that you can look at, at Jalen Tolbert's game and think that he's like a top 50 player. I had him in round four coming into the year. I think he improved a little bit. I think, you know, maybe early round four to the end of round three, that would probably be, and I haven't dug into the all 22, but based off of what I've seen from broadcast film and the little bits and pieces that I've seen, that's more his range. Like I said, the Sunbelt averages like five or six guys selected from it each year. So you really got to be careful. Um, and then obviously uh, Jeffrey Gunter, the one thing that he's going to, I, I didn't think of this until just now, but how are NFL teams going to to handle his quote-unquote red flags? I mean, the guy started at Coastal, then transferred to NC State, then transferred back to Coastal. So he's going to get asked, like, what happened at NC State? Why did you go running back to the Sun Belt? And I didn't think about that. Uh, but, yeah, that's basically the Sun Belt in a – Less than five minute blurb. Yeah, <clears throat> player also I, I didn't mention as well as Trey McBride, but uh, back to your Isaiah Likely uh, kind of discussion. If you think about it, Evan Ingram, was kind of I don't want to say the first of his type of tight end, but he was like one of the early like move tight ends, yeah. big slots, that type of guy. Yeah. Yeah, so he was like kind of ahead of his time a little bit. Uh, I mean, he. He still was a part of the Giants offense. It, it just seems like he's kind of faded at this point, uh, which kind of sucks. 
But um, but he's definitely kind of the the new mode of tight end, which is I think allowed. Isaiah likely has much better hands than than Evan Ingram does. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but I was saying that he's kind of that uh, you know, kind of that that new wave of tight ends that uh, Isaiah likely can be. So so it's definitely encouraging. Then uh, also <clears throat> saw Daniel Bellinger from San Diego State, a tight end that uh, I have me- mentioned earlier in the season. Um, he got a Senior Bowl invite. Uh, he's one of the more traditional tight tight ends, uh, blocker first, not use a ton in the, in the receiving game, but I'm going to take a look at him, uh, as well. I, I think he can be a, a late round pick, uh, probably like sixth, seventh round. I don't, I don't think he's good. He's going to warrant, warrant a top 100, top 150 pick at all. Uh, but he's, he's going to be picked somewhere in the 200s, I would think. Uh, but, but excited to watch him as well. Uh, and then switching over to the Mac. Um, this, this, the Mac is going to be a little bit difficult to maneuver. Yeah. I love uh, how you have, uh, three times as many players for the Mac as I do for the Sun Belt. Yeah. But like at least like a quarter of them are going to be, uh, ones to just put star by because they could go back to school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Caleb Ellaby, I don't know if he's going to declare. And, and that's going to be big for me. I mean, Dustin Crumb might not even declare and he's already in his sixth year. So sixth year guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's been there forever at Kent state. Um, so I'm kind of waiting on some, some, some names to declare, but I, I do, I, I am going to look forward to looking at like Tyson Anderson, the safety out of Toledo, uh, Sterling Weatherford, uh, the safety out of Miami of Ohio, um, as well. Uh, obviously Bernard, uh, Ryman as and kind of what he brings to the table. He's so good. Michigan. I genuinely loved watching his film. Yeah, he was someone I thought could could take that leap uh over the summer and, and he's he's definitely done that. He's definitely a top hundred pick at this point. Um or at least I would think. So he he's gonna I'm be just trying to fit, find him now on my board. I can't find him, Devin. Uh, might have might have forgot to uh No 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 no. I found him. I found him. I have him out of Zion Nelson from Miami, so I think Nelson might go back to school. I think Nelson might go back to school as well. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Continue. Oh, no, you're good. Um, but, yeah, so I'm looking forward to those names specifically. Because I think out of really all of those, uh, the names on my list, I mean, I think Weatherford, Anderson, and uh, Ryman are, are for sure getting drafted. The rest of them, I don't really know are going to get drafted. Um, LB, maybe if he – Opson, I think he can be a day three swing pick for a team. Uh, Clint Rakovich from Northern Illinois, I think he can be a six or seven round pick. You love Clint Rakovich. Listen, I think he is the next um, Kyle Kyle Juszczyk. I think he's going to be kind of that that next fullback, tight end, running back type. He needs to gain some weight, though. Uh, He's he's still kind of light. Like in the 210 area, it needs to be at least 220, 225, I would think. Um, and, and he's gonna be down at the, uh, the, sh- did he, I think it's the Shrine Bowl or is it the Senior Bowl? I think it's the Shrine. Yeah, I think he's gonna be down at the Shrine Bowl. So I think it's gonna be important for his stock, but I, I do love fullbacks. I'm not gonna lie to you. There's another fullback, uh, in, in the Mac as well. Um, I can't remember his name now, but he's, he's a bowling ball. He's, he's built like a bowling ball. Uh, he plays for Ball State. So, um, 
He's not going to be drafted though. He's he's pretty he's a he's legit a fullback. He cannot run. But they still throw him the ball though in the flat. It, it's pretty funny to watch. But but yeah, Rakovich is someone I really like. I think he's he's got a good chance of getting drafted. I think he's going to test really well too, which is going to help him uh, get drafted because I, I I think his his tape is solid, but it's not. It, when you we look at like the the stat sheets, not anything spectacular. I mean, dude has like seven carries for like fifteen yards. And that's perfect fullback material. Um, but he, he's been using in a variety of ways. But those are kind of the main highlights of the Mac. There's a lot of guys that I think are going to be UDFA type guys or or uh, you know priority UDFAs. Uh, I think the little Pimpleton has a chance uh, to be be uh, a good special teams player. And, and get a shot at, at making a roster. Um, Troy Brown, the linebacker of Central Michigan, I think has a chance, uh, to, to be, uh, more of a, uh, a dime linebacker, uh, at the next level, uh, where he plays mostly on third downs and, and in specific sets. Uh, Dominique Robinson, the edge at Miami, Ohio has kind of a high upside, uh, potential. He's only played, uh, the edge position, uh, just for a little under two seasons. Because uh, he used to play receiver, so there's a lot of those like hybrid type players in the MAC, which is going to make a difficult uh, projection for them because they, you know, are, are relatively new to the position. Like uh, Ryman w- was a good example, Robinson as well, uh, and then Ali Fayed uh, from Western Michigan. I think he's probably going to be UDFA guy. He's kind of those short arms, a smaller pass rusher, uh, but has a quick first step and has a chance to uh, at least compete. Uh, to, to be, I think, an outside linebacker type at the next level. So, uh, the Mac is going to be one uh, interesting one to, to kind of get through because there's going to be a lot of guys that are not going to be, uh, actual draft selections, but a lot of them are going to be, uh, UEFAs. Some might go like, uh, City. So he might go to the Canadian Football League. Uh, so, you know, I, I think I'll probably have a CFL type projection for him. Uh, if he doesn't work out NFL, but but there's there's a lot of good names uh, on this list. Moving over to the Big 12 for me, I'm trying to get the big heavy hitters out of the way first. And Devin, I've mentioned him on this podcast, I'm pretty sure 312 times just during this season. Abram Smith, the, uh, the running back from Baylor, uh, one of the first names that's going to be uh, watched for me again. Absolutely love this kid. Great power back, great balance, really good vision. Really, just making the transition back to running back. Started as a linebacker at Baylor, played running back in high school. Made the switch back this year and took over the offense. He, the offense truly revolved around him. Uh, the first guy though that I've got a scouting report done for is Jalen Petrie, the do it all safety. Listen, I know he's very scheme dependent. He reminds me a lot of um, Jacoby Stevens played in that same type of role at LSU a couple years ago in um, Dave Aranda's system. Um, I mean, six foot, 197, great coming in as an extra blitzer, coming off the edge as well. Uh, he can rush the passer, he can drop into a shallow zone. Don't really want him playing deep zone, so he's more of that, that box safety. Uh, and also, you're really going to need to have him play as a uh in a zone scheme uh man coverage not his thing um and then the one thing i really want from jalen petrie as well i want to see a little bit more consistent tackling he is definitely someone that is 
wrapping and diving at the knees. I don't know how much upper body strength he has to tackle someone full on. Um, but like the potentials there, I think if you get him in the right fit, he's going to be a perfect eight to 10 years special teams and, and, you know, and, and guy that you can just line up in the nickel and just have fun with dude, dude's phenomenal. Terrell Bernard, Verizon wireless, more range than your cell phone provider. So those are the guys from Baylor. Um, Iowa State has the dudes as well. Brees Hall, I know I've talked about him a lot in a more negative light, but I mean, again, there's a reason that he's, you know, that he's been so productive. He, he genuinely is a home run threat anytime he touches the ball, but at the same time, he could also just rile off a whole bunch of three yard carries. So, you know, I, I don't want to just sit here and give my guys a love fest, but like there are everyone that I'm going to talk about, there are, there are ups, to, yeah. There, there are positives and and some negatives to their game. Uh, Iomi Uazurike, uh the uh, defensive tackle out of Iowa State, sixth year guy, six six three twenty, um, career high in sacks. He had six this year after only having three for his career um, coming into the year. Great pass rusher. Obviously, his his teammate Will McDonald reminds me a lot of Michael Sam, but I think he's a little bit more athletic. Then Michael Sam, I think he was played out of position as a defensive end in a three-man front. Hated the way that that uh, Iowa State lined up their defense. Unfortunately, Kansas and Kansas State don't have much in the way of prospects. Kansas State has a few guys for next year to keep an eye on that I've mentioned a few times on this podcast. Oklahoma, I think actually their best prospect this year might be linebacker Brian Asamoah. Uh, listen, Nick Benito's fantastic, but, you know, size concerns with him a little bit. Brian Asamoah that kind of uh, hybrid linebacker that we've seen come into, in, in, you know, uh, into fashion the last couple of years, 6'1", 225. Reminds me a lot of Kenneth Murray. I know it's a kind of lazy uh, same school comparison, but they do play a lot alike. Considering coming into this year, it was Deshaun White that was a linebacker from Oklahoma that got all of the attention. Azamoa was possibly the best player on Oklahoma at all. Uh, like in general, the last month and a half of the season, he just flies to the ball. He's always in on the tackle. He's got pretty good coverage skills. I just kind of wonder, like, what's his ceiling? Uh, so that's that's my question with Asmo. I do think he's a phenomenal player. Oklahoma State, uh, Tay Martin, the wide receiver, Washington State transfer. He's going to be playing at the scene. No, at the Shrine game. Might be one of the best guys down there. Uh, you know. Not an elite separator, but really good hops for a small dude at 6'1", 185. Um, you know, really, if Oklahoma State couldn't get him the ball, their offense was screwed last year. Um, and then TCU, I think that there are three names for, for TCU that people need to keep an eye on. Uh, one is the edge rusher, O'Shawn Mathis, who is not a guarantee to, to declare. He's a fourth-year junior, uh, 6'5", 257. His big thing is motor. He'll have a game where he gets three and a half sacks. And then the next game, you don't hear anything from him. And then the next game, he's got one tackle and he got nowhere near the quarterback. And then he'll get two sacks again. So it's consistency for him. Uh, they have D Winters, another one of those smaller linebackers, possibly TCU's best player this year, was always in around the ball, kind of in the same style as like Brian Azamoa, where they're just always there. And then Travis Hodges Tomlinson, bit of an up and down season. The NFL's probably going to ding him for only being five foot nine. He is uh, Ladanian's cousin, or not cousin, nephew. Sorry, um, you know. And the thing is, is TCU lined him up on the outside all the time. 
And the NFL doesn't like five foot nine boundary corners. He's going to have to move inside, show he can play in the slot. Um, genuinely think that if he were five foot 11, we'd be talking about him in round two. I think uh, the NFL is probably going to view him as a day three guy, which is unfair because he is good. The problem is, is that in the Big 12, he had some unfair, he had some matchups that did not go his way. Jordan Whittingham from Texas got him, you know, a lot because TCU, uh, sorry, because Texas just decided to throw it up, make every, make every ball that goes near Travis Hodges Tomlinson a jump ball. And if it's Jordan Whittingham who's six foot three, throw it up high. Hodges Tomlinson didn't stand a chance. Uh, Texas Tech, I wonder whether, uh, Eric, Izukan was actually going to declare uh, with their new head coach coming in, going to employ a very high tempo offense. Texas Tech was boring this year. How do you make Texas Tech boring, Devin? That shouldn't be possible. It's freaking Texas Tech. Uh, Texas doesn't really have much. Roshan Johnson, Josh Thompson are probably their two biggest profile guys after DeMarvian Overshone decided to go back to school. And then West Virginia. Uh, I like Doug Nestor a lot. I wonder whether or not he's going to declare. He's a third-year junior, uh, big dude at guard, um, uh, 6'7", 3'21". I think you could probably put him anywhere uh, across the offensive, offensive line because of his size and, and length. And then Dante Stills, big fan of Dante Stills. Like him more than I liked his brother, and I liked his brother as like a, like a fourth-round pick last year. I think Dante Stills is, is a day-two player. Did I sum up enough guys in that few minutes? Yeah, way more than I have. <laughs> Keep in mind, like I said, my uh, my Big 12 uh, watch list is 46 players, and I think I rattled off at least 10. At least 10. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see kind of what happens over the, the next few weeks because, I mean, it's, it's going to be inevitably guys on, on both of our lists that either decide to opt in or opt out or hit the transfer portal, so... Um, yeah, I mean, you know, a few more players that I'm probably going to try and try and take a look at. Derrick Deese Jr. from San Jose State was pretty high on him in the summer. Uh, I think he can be a day three pick. Um, and, uh, Cam Thomas forgot to, to bring up his name. He, he's, he can still go back to school though. He's just a redshirt junior. Um, so I, I hope he, he opts in, uh, cause that, that would be great, uh, to have him, uh, in the draft and, and, you know, someone that, could be a top 50 peak pick potentially. Uh, but, but I, I just wonder if he's going to go back to school and maybe try to raise his stock even higher. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Anything else you want to talk about before we get on out of here, Devin? Uh, not that I can think of, man. Uh, just final report season. So, uh, gonna try and avoid, uh, looking at as many as I can as they hit the timeline, uh, just so that you know, I can get players out done out of the way and, and, you know, don't get that, uh, you know, bias from, from outside people, um, you know, and, and been trying to avoid mock drafts for that specific reason, uh, other than to look where, see where names are at or where people are sending players. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens, but, but trying to get, you know, names knocked out before. The timeline's flooded with seven different uh, people saying talking about the same person. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, if you've got nothing else to say for, for today's episode, Devin, I think that's a great time to call it. As always, guys, you can find me on Twitter at Mike H underscore Draft. You can find Devin on Twitter at Real D underscore Jackson. Follow the show on Twitter at 
Big Shots Pod. Follow our work at Blue Chip Scouting. Follow Blue Chip Scouting on Twitter at Blue Chip Scout. And we will see you on Tuesday.